Hi, this is Janet Lansbury. Welcome to Unruffled. Today, I'm going to be responding to a note from a mother about her son who she's worried is a bit too socially passive. Here's the note that I received. Hi, Janet. I love your books and have been using your philosophy since my 26-month-old son was small. Thank you. We are struggling with, quote, too passive behavior lately. My son, to my pleasure, seems to be a staunch pacifist, but this poses a problem for his playdates. Other toddlers often snatch his toy or hit him or yell at him, and he does not know what to do. He gets upset and looks as if he can't understand what just happened. He often runs to me. He will not take the toy back or hit, which I think is good. I don't want to teach him to reciprocate bad behavior. I taught him to say some canned phrases like, please give that back, it's still my turn, which he does, but there's often little reasoning to be done with the other two-year-olds. I know you recommend letting them work it out, but I have a hard time standing by silently or even neutrally sportscasting because I don't want my son to think I'm not acknowledging that something hurtful is happening to him. He won't react for himself, and I don't want him to think that I won't act on his behalf. Help! Okay, I feel like addressing this last part first because it's a common misconception about sportscasting and how to support our children in these situations. I do recommend letting children work it out for the most part, but not at a distance when things are going on between them, when there's little conflicts happening, or if we know that our child has difficulty with a certain child or has difficulty themselves with hitting or any hurtful behaviors. I would always be there. I would be this calm, what I call a buddy guard, hanging out, just ready to intervene minimally. So letting them work it out means trusting them to do more and we do less. We do the least amount of intervening possible, but we offer emotional availability and support. So we're not just (laughs) sitting back and letting children, you know, have difficulties with each other. We are there. We're present. We are supportive. We're open. And we are observant of what's going on so that we can respond in the most helpful way. So I would definitely not do what this mother um, is suggesting about not acknowledging that something hurtful is happening to him, you know, but I would be careful about deciding that something is hurtful Obviously, physical behavior, I wouldn't allow. But in terms of engaging with each other the way children to and under do, sometimes removing the child from the other one's hand, oh, that looks interesting. Or I want to have that. I've got three of these in my hand already, and I want another one. These actions are not coming from a place of bullying or, you know, it's not even really aggressive often. It's just the way that children this age engage. And to see that through our adult lens and see these children as older children, somebody's stealing from somebody, somebody's, you know, wants to hurt somebody, that is not going to help us or our child because that is not what's really going on. They are all in a process of learning. So I would only acknowledge what you see, which is, you know, in this case, she says he's upset, but then she said he looks, um, 
It looks as if he can't understand what just happened. Yes, that is commonly what I see with children in these situations. They are trying to figure out, oh, I was holding that. Now he has it. Oh, wow, he's yelling at me. <laughs> What's going on here? Hmm. So it's usually not as upsetting for our child as we might believe. Because we do tend, all of us tend to project in these situations. And that's why practicing observation, sensitive observation, is such an important part of the philosophy I teach. So he won't react for himself, she says, and I don't want him to think that I won't act on his behalf. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, what I see in, with children that are similar in this way, that their process is more to see what's going on and not uh, hold on to things, let things go out of their hands, I'm trying to figure out what happened there. His reaction is, oh, what's going on? Not necessarily, somebody took that from me and I really needed it. And I, again, not jumping to conclusions, taking off our adult lens to try to see openly, clearly, really see what we're getting from the children. You know, in this case, I would acknowledge, you know, wow, I saw that. You were holding that and now he's holding it. Hmm. And then really looking at him. If he looks at you and he's crying, wow, you didn't like that. You didn't like that that happened. And then at that point, you might say, you know, you can always hold on if you want to. You can always hold on a little harder. You can say no, those kinds of things. But I would offer those as the most matter-of-fact, casual tips because... Uh, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, the bigger issue here is what our children feel about themselves in these situations. And what they need is to feel confident in their process and not feel like we're telling them that you're not really doing what you should be doing here. Come on, you're not getting it. Uh, you're not capable here. You need me to tell you what to do. If that's our attitude when we offer those kinds of tips, it's going to have an overall less positive effect. That brings me to the most important part of helping our children with social learning, our attitude. Our attitude in these situations is everything. Why? Because children are so aware at this age. And if my parent is feeling something as a child, I know it. I feel it. I feel the energy emanating from them. I feel brought down by this heaviness in the atmosphere of my parents' fear, of their maybe projecting. Some of us, we were painfully shy when we were kids, perhaps. And so maybe it's going to be easy for us to project that, oh my gosh, she's going to go through what I went through. Perhaps we were a victim of bullying. It can be frightening to allow our child to, to learn how to handle these complicated situations. I mean, there's no more complicated learning than social learning. Trying to figure out how to engage in a positive way and get along with each other. So it's, it's complicated. So our attitude will stem from our perception. You know, maybe something happened once that made us feel like uh, they're just too passive or can't handle things or they're fragile in this area or any area, then our perception will cause us to have an attitude of wanting to protect, you know, really fear and discomfort and, you know, a lot of uh-ohs going off in our brain. Oh gosh, you know, I better stop him. I better 
help him. I better uh, fix this for him. I'm not saying this mother is, is doing that, but I'm just talking about what I have felt and what a lot of the parents that I work with have felt over the years um, and shared with me that they're worried that their child can't handle the situation. And that, again, has a very good chance of creating what we fear, bringing that to life for our child, because our attitude will be, you can't do this. You need my help. I'm afraid. And there's something dangerous going on here. There's something wrong in this situation. In this typical toddler situation, by the way, it is all typical stuff. Because the truth is actually that, you know, yes, our child might very well inherit a temperament from us. But what we're doing is raising children to feel confident in who they are. And you can be a confident, more introspective, quieter person. And you can be a confident, more assertive person. Both of those are equally powerful. But if we lead with fear, we doubt our child, then we negate the possibility of them feeling, or we, let's just say, lessen the possibility of them feeling confident in these situations. Their confidence is everything. And we can give them that by really perceiving our child is in the perfect place and our child is not us. <laughs> there may be some things inherited, but this is a totally different person with a, you know, a totally different path in life. And they're just where they need to be. So I wouldn't even allow myself to label my child to this or to that or to the other thing. I would really see, huh, this is what he's doing right now. You know, this is how he's handling this. And it's just perfect. So the way that that might look is, let's go over the situation that this mother shared. Other toddlers often snatch his toy or hit him or yell at him, and he doesn't know what to do. Okay, if my child is around people that might hit him, I would be there. And I would ideally not allow that to happen by placing my hand in the way when I see some conflict going on or I see a child rushing towards him. Not judge that child because the child has reasons for behaving that way. I would just protect my child and say, well, if that made you feel like hitting to the other child. And yeah, I'm not going to let you do that. And my hand is there to deflect anything that might happen. Yelling. I would probably have my hand there if there was yelling because yelling and hitting could go together. Yelling and some other physical uh, action could go together. So I'd have my hand there, but I wouldn't be flinching. <laughs> I expect this behavior from children because I've been working with them for such a long time. And oftentimes yelling is a way to prevent somebody from taking your toy. <laughs> That's something that some children develop, particularly if they have older siblings. <laughs> it's kind of that alarming like distraction that they do you know that works is like intimidation and then the next second they're smiling you know it's it's um it's kind of funny so if somebody was yelling at my child and my child looked alarmed I would say wow that's really that's loud I hear that too he seems to feel strongly about that uh, I mean children actually do one thing that they understand pretty well is yelling <laughs> and screaming and all of that because they can relate to those feelings. So it's usually not as alarming for them as it is possibly for us. So snatching his toy, 
you know, the groups that I teach in, we are in sort of this bubble of learning where we see that, you know, snatching a toy, I don't even like that expression, snatching a toy, um, because as I said earlier, removing a toy from another child's hand is just something that happens. And if the parents are kind of expect this kind of behavior, generally, children don't get that upset about it. You know, they might do what perhaps this boy is doing where they say, whoa, what just happened there? Interesting. Um, and oftentimes they don't care about the toy that much. They're more interested in what just happened here. So I would be careful not to read into this that something terrible just happened. Someone snatched from him and, and he didn't like that and he's a victim. And I really see the child that lets things go as often the most <laughs> powerful one. You know, okay, have the have the thing, you know, I'll go find something else. And they do. Now, I realize out in the real world that there may be more times to intervene. And, and this is, again, like what I'm going to, what I'm talking about in this uh, podcast is not, these are policies, always do this and always do that in that situation. The only policy, the only important thing is our attitude, our attitude of openness and our attitude of trust and belief in our child. The rest of this, these are subtleties, and sometimes we're going to feel like we really responded in the right way. Other times, we're not. That's okay. It's a process for us, too, to figure out how to intervene. But if we're coming from that place of trust in our child, we will usually intervene in a helpful way because we're not projecting and intensifying all of this for our child with our own responses, our own fears. In our class, we do allow taking of toys generally out in the real world uh, if your child brings a toy of their own to a situation which i i think generally i as a parent wouldn't wouldn't make that choice then you might if you feel like that your child was really you know had a project going with that or he was really using that and you know you might say oh hmm no no he has that it feels like you were really using that. Um, so let's let's take a walk over here and see what's going on. And then maybe, you know, ask the child if you wouldn't mind having it back. And then maybe reminding your child at some point, as I said earlier, you know, you can always you can always say no if you ever feel like that. <laughs> but again, open-ended suggestions, not criticisms. There's a fine line and it's all in our delivery. Um, so if as in this case, the child that I wasn't there with him and he, he runs to me, then I would check him out and what's going on? What happened? Open attitude. And this is similar if our child is in preschool or somewhere and comes home and says, so-and-so wouldn't let me play with her. It's hard to resist the temptation to say, oh, that wasn't very nice. What's the matter with her? Like, what did you say then? That's not going to help our child. That's going to tell our child that, first of all, this was a crisis situation, that something terrible just happened to you. And I mean, the bigger danger is that our child might feel less comfortable bringing up stuff to us if we have a strong reaction. So in that situation, I would say something like, wow, then what'd you do then? And then maybe our child says, well, I just played by myself. So you figured that uh, that out, it sounds like. And then, uh, particularly if you think your child is troubled by this, you might offer something like, you know, sometimes children are doing something and 
they want to keep doing it the way they're doing it and they don't want to add another person or they don't want to be interrupted that way. You know, sometimes that happens. Just some simple, non-judgmental analysis like that. Being that open person who supports our children's learning. This will keep us in the loop. This will help our child make progress in their learning. And again, children can handle anything if we believe in them and just intervene when it's necessary. I hope this is helpful and thanks so much for listening, everybody. Please check out some of my other podcasts and my website. I've written a lot about what I've talked about today. Uh, There's one post that comes to mind, What Our Children Know and Might Hurt Them, which is all about this tendency that we have, all of us, to project and the effect that that has on our children. And again, both of my books are available on audio at audible.com, paperback at Amazon, and ebook at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Apple.com. We can do this.